Tethered. Chapter 2, Part 2. Just what were you thinking, Cole James Delaney? shouted Vera Delaney, her tear-soaked eyes bloodshot. I worried about you something fierce, thinking the whole Jeremiah gang had caught up to you. Cole kissed his mother's heated cheek. No, no, nothing like that. I'm fine, Ma. A little confused and poorer, but fine. Besides, I think Jeremiah owes me now for getting old man Porter off his back. Seems his boys and mine have come to some kind of an understanding, though knowing Jeremiah, that'll probably all be over pretty soon. Hmph! <laughs> the only thing those boys understand is a fist and a loaded gun. And I think both were used in reaching said understanding, Cole retorted. Vera slapped his chest. Where have you been? Cole took her hand and kissed the knuckles. I honestly can't say. Can't recall what happened after I left you. I woke up in the street this morning. My purse and all the gold was gone. Well, gasped Vera, some of her anger flowing away. She sat down at the dining room table, already set for breakfast, and folded her hands in front of her. At least you've come out all right. Now sit and eat. It's good for the soul. Cole's senses filled with the smells of her delicious food. Normally, he would be ravenous, but right now his stomach roiled. Actually, he thought he might vomit. Not just now, Ma, he said politely. Well, Ma, called Leon. It must truly be the end of the world, as you always warn. Cole's finally full. Cole threw his brother a speaking look. Leon only shrugged and strapped on his gun belt. There was a loud crash upstairs, then Mason let out a howl fit to wake the dead. Vera threw her hands heavenward and rushed from the kitchen. "'What the hell happened to you?' asked Leon, keeping his voice low for the benefit of his mother. "'I've no idea. I have a thick feeling in my mouth,' Cole admitted. "'Like I drank too much, or remember three summers back when I broke my leg?' "'Yep. You were muzzled on opium and laudanum for a week. Oh, damn. Is that how you feel now?' think you were drugged? Cole ran his hand through his hair and felt particles of dirt fall from it to shower the ground. I don't know. Maybe. Swear to God I bought the land, though I have no true memory of doing it. I do remember holding the title in my hand. Cole turned to the open window and searched the green field beyond so different from where he and his brothers had grown up. No green there, hard dirt and dry soil only. Crops constantly attacked by bugs and powerful weeds. Never once did it give a decent yield. This land, if it were his, he would treasure it forever. But it wasn't, not really. His grandfather had lost Cherry Hill in a bad poker hand and he had shot a man to reclaim it. Darren, Leon's twin, sauntered into the kitchen, Evan on their heels. Evan's hair was wet and a few soap bubbles clung to his chin. Cole! He hollered, then drew his brother into a back-breaking hug. Son of a bitch! muttered Evan. I've been out looking for you all night! Cole grunted. Mason found me. Course he did! cawed Evan, his bright blue eyes lighting up like fireworks. No doubt the little rugrat found you in the dirt licking your wounds! While Evan's words tapered off into a snicker, Cole grunted again. It's the damnedest thing! I was lying in the street, unconscious. No wounds at all, save cotton in my brain and an ache in my gut that won't quit. That's because you're hungry, Cole, dear, said Vera, swirling into the room, Mason bouncing happily in her arms. She set him down. 
Evan, fetch me the coffee on the stove and put it on the table, please. And Leon, if your feet are still on the table by the time I turn around... Sorry, Ma. Leon's voice was timid. If I keep him on the floor, my knees keep bumping the table. That's because you're a rowdy giant. Aw, Ma, don't tease. You know I'm the smallest brother besides Mason. I don't believe six feet and four inches counts as small in anyone's book, retorted Vera. And it still doesn't mean you can put your feet on the table. Yeah, Yeon, chimed Mason. Sides, tween your toes smells like bad cheese. Leon laughed and made a grab for Mason, who spun out of the way, nearly colliding with Darren, who barely caught the child before he stumbled. Whoa there, Tyke, laughed Darren, tickling his brother under the chin. Mason giggled and squirmed, squealing in pure delight. Cole's eyes swept over his family. Golden brown, sandy red hair, happy smiles all. And he wondered if it would be possible to make a life here in this land of blood and lost bones. The breakfast continued in wild harmony, and Cole found himself trying to reconcile it all, trying to rid himself of flashing, twisting memories, a beautiful creature soft in his arms, hungry lips and dark eyes, dark enough to steal a man's soul. Chapter 2, Part 3 Rose sat cross-legged on her floor, in the same pose she had held all morning, just staring at the velvet bag in her hand and the piece of paper which was inside. Sealed by a signet of crimson and ebony black, the paper was the deed to a hundred-acre plot of land in upstate New York. It had fallen out of the bag when she first touched it, after re-entering her room early this morning, her hands still dusty from the body she had dragged into the street her cheeks still flush from flying. She had to find a way to get it back to him. There was nothing else to be done. Her conscience could make peace with the five dollars she had stolen from him, but not this. That was only money. This, what she held in her hands, this was a man's life. He probably didn't even remember purchasing the land. The drugs she used took a man's memory for days, according to Carla, sometimes weeks. Rose never knew how she came up with the ingredients for these potions. They were always in her head, swimming around like so many pictures of plants and herbs. Since she was a child, she had always known the names of growing things and all their uses, as if an angel had branded the information in her mind right before he sent her crashing down to earth. Just another one of the many mysteries constructing the enigma that was her. A knock on the door made her jump, badly. Rose stuffed the bag under her skirts and pinched color into her cheeks. Come in. She called in a rasping, unused voice. The door flew inward and Madame Tilly filled the frame. Her gown was watered silk, a color deep purple to magnify her sharp silver eyes. Her skin was smooth and rouged. The only wrinkles she boasted gathered around the mouth and eyes. They pulled strenuously when she smiled. Morning, Rose. It's nice to see you in this room for once. What, get too cold on the roof? She gave Rose no time to respond, only slammed the door and strode inside. I've given her the most beautiful room in the house, she told the heir at large, and still she insists on the cold stone. It's only cold in winter, said Rose. That does not answer my question, sighed Tilly, though I suppose you never do. I feel at home up there, Rose tried to explain, you know, sleeping under an open sky. 
you always did, said Tilly. I still remember the day the orphanage burnt down. They left you on the street. Those horrible women who ran the place. Faces so scrunched from all their dirty looks, one hardly knew what they looked like anymore beneath the hate. Tilly dusted off her hands. Good riddance. I was glad to see their backs as they ran from this town. Then it was done. The fire was extinguished, the bitches were gone, and you, black hair running to your knees and eyes so dark against all this pearly skin. Tilly stroked the nail painted a dusky rouge down Rose's cheek, touching the skin in question. I always knew you would come to live with me. I had a dream about it the night I first saw you. Tilly's voice turned wistful, and her gaze drifted away to the open window. A very sad story. A very sad dream, she whispered. What was? asked Rose, suddenly breathless. Tilly never spoke of Rose's past or what she knew of it. Trepidatiously, wonder Rose wondered why she did so now. Nothing, darling. Tilly touched Rose's hair, let it fall like silk through her fingers. Such a stunning creature you are. You've made us a good pile of cash this week. Tilly sighed dramatically. I'll treasure the money and the freedom for as long as I have you. Once you leave, I'll be poor and working on my back again. I haven't had a man in a month. Glorious, really. Never thought it would be. Now, serious talk. That man you had up here last night was Cole Delaney. Don't you lie and say it wasn't. Folks in town are saying he has amnesia. Tilly rounded on Rose, eyes flashing. You best be careful, girl. Lots of people saw you talking to him. You never spelled a hometown boy before. You always stick to drifters and soldiers. Why on earth did you pick Cole Delaney, of all people? I don't know. Rose threw up her hands. I've been sitting here thinking about it all morning. He's never seen me before. At least I don't think he has. He didn't recognize me. No. Tilly shook her head. That boy doesn't come in here often, more's the pity. He's a one-woman type of man. Good stock, good family, though his father was a bastard. The only beating I ever took in my life was from that man. I think Cole must have killed him. One morning his ma Vera came to town, all beat to hell. A real deep terror in her eyes. I've seen it all before. A woman gets that kind of fear from more than just a man's fist. The next day, old son of a bitch was dead, and Cole's knuckles were bloodier than my gash of flow time. Rose's hands flew to her ears. Sweet Jesus, Madam Tilly! Oh, look who's the lady now, said Tilly, smiling fondly. You always were too good for this place. One day I know you'll move on. For now, you need to lay low. They still hunt witches in these parts, and Reverend Parsons always vigilant in his war against evil. Tilly motioned to her own luscious form. Or anything pleasurable and decadent. He's an old prune, Rose stated, quite sure she spoke the truth. He is, but he's an old prune with power. Now's not the time to be flaunting. Well, whatever you are. Tilly leaned forward to kiss Rose's brow. You've done wonderful. Sleep well today. You look a fright. I won't need you tonight. You may go where you please, but I forbid you from gathering herbs for the next fortnight. Reverend Parson has men watching the woods for ladies who like to escape their husbands at night. Tilly slapped her thighs and stood up, then started for the door. Just before she left, she paused, hand on the knob, and looked over her shoulder. Cold Delaney. Mmm. Tilly whistled through her teeth. He must have been delicious. Tilly left, and Rose buried her head in her hands. Oh, he was. He was so delicious. 
so delicious she had lost her mind.